Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to episode 131 of Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. One of the agencies that I think has the hardest job during the pandemic one of the civilian agencies is the Department of Veterans Affairs because it is serving veterans in a number of different environments where normally that veteran would go to a location and receive services, apply for benefits, work with a caseworker, all of that. That's not happening at all now, obviously, because of the pandemic. Some of it has to continue. Some of it has gone to telehealth. But you're right that we have a sacred duty to this population of heroes and the department has to continue to serve them uh, no matter what the barrier. And so, you know, making sure that we're up to the task, I'm just really proud that the department and its people has continued to serve this population during this time. One of the people who's instrumental in making sure that continuity happens is Amy Parker, the Chief Learning Officer at the Department of Veterans Affairs. Amy, welcome. Thanks for coming on the program. What have been kind of the biggest efforts that you've either tried to continue and accelerate during the last couple months or that you have started over the last couple months to make sure that that continuity continues, to make sure that the veterans continue to receive what they deserve? Well, thanks. I'm so excited to be with you both today and to talk about this. Uh, As I was listening, I was thinking, yeah, absolutely. We are... um, we are making sure that our veterans continue to get the care that they need, the services, or the memorialization that they so deserve. We've also uh, been asked to step up in our as our fourth mission, so which is uh, to serve the broader American public in, uh, during this pandemic, and that um, we have seen just uh, a, an amazing level of commitment from our our teams in continuing uh, to, to serve that way as well. And on the learning side of things, where I, where I focus every day, um, I like to say Semper Disco, uh, which is, um, you know, since Wait a minute. Our, is, that, our... is that Latin? <laughs> is that foreign language? Is that Latin you're using? <laughs> it sure is. And, you know, we, we have our, our veterans have come from military um, their services who have their own Semper mottos. Uh, so Semper Disco is Latin for I'm always learning. Wow. I, I would have thought that it's Latin for I'm always dancing. <laughs> when I figured it out, uh, I went, you know, putting it into the Google machine. Uh, when it came back, I thought, geez, this is too good to be true. Uh, because I can show up to meetings now and play some really fun music. That's perfect. Theme songs. What are you doing as a result of COVID that maybe you didn't have to do before or you didn't have to do as much of before? We are hyper-focused on curating learning and direct, like a laser focus to the different groups of employees, functional areas that need information, um, you know, making it click, point, click, easy, because even more people have less time to look at uh, at training, certainly anything that might be considered discretionary or above, you know, above their, their, their day-to-day function. But we know how critically important development is 
to maintain engagement with all of our employees. And I think, the t- especially now, the time that we could take to pause and reflect and do a little learning can be restorative. So we are, we are uh, thinking every day, you know, how we can get things, uh, micro learning, smaller chunks, things that folks can look at and come back to if they need to later, if they get interrupted, for instance, and, and, the, and above all, making it just as easy as possible to access content. What does the term curating learning mean? Not a dictionary definition, Amy, but what does it mean operationally? What does you, what do you, or what does someone on your team or some group on your team do and what product comes about as a result of that? Right. That's uh, it's so important because we have, you know, we could almost be drowning in, in trainings and learning opportunities and so many different uh, formats and, and accessing content. So what we have done very simply is start to create collections of things. And I'll use the example of maybe some of you have had to transition from Skype recently to use Teams, Microsoft Teams, <laughs> in the middle of the COVID response, right? Right as we were starting, I do like, and learn something completely new, right? So so quite simply, we just created a, a collection of, of learning where folks could get that information really quickly. And so you know, we've seen 100,000 people take some version. It's either audio, and we want to do things in, in multiple formats so it meets what the learner needs. You know, if audio, you can listen while you walk the dog, or you can read uh, something while you're on the train online, or you can watch a video in five minutes. We we curate uh, and focus to get to get those options easily that's, to people. That's sort of what you have to do in the time of uh, YouTube, right? To to keep things fresh. Um, how how do you? What process do you use to make sure that things are working? People are enjoying and really. Um, uh, uh, you know, retaining what you want them to learn. Yeah, and in an organization as large as BA, right, with with different right. types of folks that you know doing different types of work. So we have uh, established governance groups and and different uh, groups of representatives that we use to reach out to to you know be able to quickly take pulse of uh, what those people are needing because, for instance, in VHA, all those learning um, professionals will be gathering together what they need, but then, you know, it could look quite different for our cemetery administration. Uh, so we make sure that we stay plugged in with the different groups that way. We have a, uh, you know, a way for feedback to come to us uh, on the actual content that that people are accessing in our systems uh, so that we can hear from the individual user that way as well. And uh, and then we, we just do, a, again, a number of focused outreach using um, using a podcast um, <laughs> so we can get feedback on that, uh, you know, offering, offering folks the ability to reach out directly to us through mail groups and that sort of thing, too. Amy, are we in a new era in learning, do you think? Is the old model of 30 people come to a room, take a break at lunch, and spend a work day there training on a topic. Is that gone even in a post-COVID environment where people are comfortable sitting in a room like that? Maybe they just don't want to learn that way anymore. 
Yeah, I think if it's not gone, it's very nearly there. I, I do believe we will still have some things where, where we know getting folks together in the room and having them have a common experience because experiential learning is really the only thing that counts for adults. Uh, so, so if they're getting in the room, they're going to be doing instead of just sitting and, and synthesizing or, or on, on receive mode, so to speak. But I, you know, uh, recently reading an article where, you know, Google intends to upset how co college degrees are delivered. I mean, I think we're just seeing in every sector that the, the learning paradigm uh, or structure is going to be completely remade. And what, it's exciting. What does that mean for what you're going to expect then, people both inside the agency who work on this issue and the vendors that you contract with to provide training tools and resources and the actual training itself to you? What, how will that change your expectations of what you get back from both of those, those uh, groups of people? Yeah, I love that question because you're going to give me an, an opportunity to use another Latin phrase I love, Semper Gumby. What? Seriously? Seriously? <laughs> Semper Gumby. Yes. That's brilliant. Semper Gumby. It's, yeah, well, and I wish I had come up with it, but I, I borrowed it from my DOD days. Um, stay flexible. Oh, stay yeah. flexible okay. is, the, is the number one thing. Um, we need to start looking, too, I think, at, you know, with, oh, gosh, I think it's a $15 billion industry learning is. Yeah. You know, so there's there's tons of content out there. There, there are cutting-edge you know, uh, on the contractor side of things, there there are folks that, you know, get to spend their entire day on that sort of thing. For government, how can we access that and make the best use of it um, uh, with also having the the right flavor for VA on the content that we bring in? And I, I think it, again, I think it's an exciting time. I think it, our whole idea of... Um, you know, kind of like a long time ago when you thought you might always go to the bookstore to buy a book. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's been a long time since I went to a bookstore to buy a book. I'll just be really honest. It happens a lot differently these days. Um, it's usually coming to me through my headphones on demand now when I want something. Uh, same, I think, for, for our learning approach. This is more Personal. of a rhetorical question than anything, Amy, but I wonder if Semper Gumby means always flexible. I wonder what Semper Pokey means. I think we would have to look that up. I don't know. I would love it. Yeah. I'm worried that my daughter Hannah's Latin teacher might be listening and she's gonna no. she's gonna no. call an audible. The Latin teacher's no not chance. listening. There's no chance of that, Robert. Go ahead. Amy, how do you see your peers across government taking up this mantle? Do you see similar advances in other agencies? How is the government collaborating to make sure we're all uh, improving at the same pace? I think we're entering a new era there, too, and it's exciting. I um, have the wonderful opportunity going into this new uh, fiscal year to co-chair the Chief Learning Officer Council uh, across the different federal agencies, and you just see uh, the spark in everyone's eye as we're thinking about how can we really how can we really start to leverage and share across our agencies what we already have so we'll stop creating unique content, right? But then also, how can we access more of the external content, the, the leading things that are going on? Because 
we present probably a, quite a uh, an interesting market <laughs> for, for those. So. so we are collaborating. We are designing the plan now going into the new year uh, where I think, you know, especially coming out of the last several months of COVID and seeing how all of our agencies are changing, what can we do what, to knock down those walls between us and and get get better faster? Um, I think in light of what you just told us, I think we should refer to you from now on as Madam Chairwoman. <laughs> that is so awesome. I, I think that's, I Thanks. think you deserve or that. Or whatever that is in Latin, or whatever that well, is. Well, I'm not even going to try to. I can conjugate the verb, the, the verb to be in Latin, but that's about the extent of what I remember. Also, I remember gonna, that the word. I'm going to cut you off right there. Oh, okay. I think it's probably <laughs> a good idea. Uh, Amy, what do you think the most impactful residual effect of COVID will be in the learning community and government mm, two years from now or five years from now? Is it that idea of the changed expectations that you were just talking about? Or is there something else that you think will turn out to be a, a more impactful long-term uh, effect? I hope that it's the increased democratization of, the, of access to learning. So I hope by the by the push that government has had to have going into more telework, more relying on what's what's possible on a screen or via video, as opposed to maybe uh, having folks come together in a room, um, that that increases access across the board. And I think that as well as as this. Uh, maybe forehead smacking realization that we're not getting any less uh, or I should say any fewer time demands. I don't like that word busy. So I didn't want to say busy, right? I want to say that there's, there are more things demanding our time. Mm -hmm. And as we are able to, uh, to, uh, to YouTube, <laughs> just what you need to know, right. To, yeah. uh, to fix your, to, to put your new light bulb in. And nothing more. Um, th that is what I also really hope uh, comes out of it. That's what I think we'll benefit from. Amy Parker, Chief Learning Officer at the Department of Veterans Affairs. Great to have you on the program. Congratulations on the terrific work that you and your colleagues are doing. Bravo. Although that's not loud. <laughs> Thanks so much, Robert. Thank Bye, Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.